Welcome to Apologetics and the Gospel. My name is Pastor Jonathan White, and I am the lead pastor at Cross Point Family Church in Hurricane, West Virginia, as well as a practicing emergency medicine physician. Our question for today is, is there evidence for a world- worldwide flood? The debate on whether there has been a worldwide flood in our Earth's history has become more and more of a topic of debate amongst secular scientists and creationists. Because of the old Earth view of secular scientists, there is a consensus among most that there was not a global flood. They believe that there have been many localized floods, but none that span the entire globe. It is important to note that there is a glaring bias in both groups. This type of science, which is historical science, takes the same observed data but comes up with hypotheses, known as educated opinions, to explain what is observed. Creation scientists come acknowledging their bias as starting with the Word of God. This bias is that God was there and we weren't. So His Word should be the starting place for all knowledge. In fact, uh, Proverbs 2.6 says this, For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. Whereas many secular scientists come from a a worldview that denies the existence of God, and those who are theistic or believing in God uh, do not normally attribute much weight to the literal interpretation of the Word of God and practice secular science, especially as they look at the book of Genesis. Whether there was a worldwide flood or not is not an observable science, and thus it is not provable based on direct observation of the event. This does not mean it is not an important thing to discuss or that it is irrelevant, however. We do have historical records as well as geological evidence to go through and analyze. Time would fail us to be able to hit all of the aspects of this topic today. My goal is to get you thinking more deeply about what is stated as fact in today's so-called scientific papers and articles regarding this particular issue. Let's start with the uh, observations made of our world and geology and archaeology. So looking at geology and the flood, uh, geology is the scientific study of the origin, history, and structure of the earth. So how does geology support a worldwide flood? Well, number one, there are extensive fossil, quote, graveyards. Uh, There are certain areas throughout the world, one of which is the Grand Canyon, where there are billions of fossils altogether. Uh, There are other areas in the U.S. and Europe as well that have graveyards such as this. Uh, These graveyards lend to a catastrophic disaster such as the worldwide flood. The vast areas across the earth having similar findings at similar depths makes this catastrophic disaster likely to occur, have occurred at the same time. Uh, number two, fossils of sea creatures at high altitudes. There are fossils of sea creatures found in the walls of the Grand Canyon at almost a mile above sea level. If that isn't high enough, how about fossilized shellfish being found in the Himalayas? A worldwide flood makes the most sense in regards to these findings. Do these observations prove a worldwide flood? Not entirely, but one must admit that it makes it more likely. There are many other geological findings that point to a worldwide flood, such as the breaking of Pangaea into the known continents, similar sediment types found across the world, areas of rock layers of rapid erosion, followed by areas with little to no erosion noted. All of these point to a worldwide flood. There are many creation-based papers going into painstaking details available at websites such as the Institution of Creation Research, Answers in Genesis, among others. Moving forward, we will address the historical record of a global flood. 
Numerous records of similar or near similar accounts of a worldwide flood exist in our historical records. Uh, a few of these are the Assyria-Babylon flood legends 1 and 2, the Persian flood legend, the Chinese flood legend, the Syrian flood legend, the Egyptian flood legend, the Aztec flood legend, the flood legend, flood legend of India, the Hawaiian flood legend, and we could go on because there are many others like these. If you want to do a detailed research study into this, there is a great book called The Deluge Story in Stone by B.C. Nelson that you can look at. Isn't it interesting that many of these legends have excerpts similar to the biblical account of a worldwide flood? One notable legend actually comes from the Chinese. The nation of China has been largely secluded over the centuries, even millennia. They have maintained tight borders and, 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 and independence and, and continue to be more of a homogenous-like culture, more so than most countries of the world. They record a flood legend in which Fuhai and his wife and three sons and their wives survive a worldwide flood and then repopulate the earth. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like Noah. The vast amount of flood legends coming from vastly different cultures around the world provide historical evidence for a worldwide flood. The most rational explanation for the consistency among these flood legends and these vastly different areas is that, the, is that they all share a common ancestor account, namely the Bible. Yet the further these cultures traversed away from their monotheistic worship of the one true God, the more they began to add and take away from the original account. Only those who stayed true to God maintained the truth of what really happened. What about the biblical evidence? The Bible is extremely clear that there was a worldwide flood. This is not really debatable when you read the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis records that there was rain for 40 days and 40 nights, and that all the water in the atmosphere as well as uh, the water that is under the ground covered the face of the earth. If we look at Genesis chapter 7, verses 20 through 23, it says this, The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him on the ark. So we see in the scripture that the tallest mountains were covered by 15 cubits of water. A cubit is around 18 inches, which means that the water covering the earth would have been around 22.5 feet higher than the tallest mountain on the earth. A careful reading of Genesis shows that the water actually remained covering the earth a little longer than a year as well. There is debate on how high the highest mountain was before the flood, but because most creation geologists assert that many mountain ranges were actually formed during the flood because of the tectonic plates moving under the incredible weight of water covering the earth. We also see here that every living creature uh, that breathed air was killed. All of the birds, animals, creeping things, as well as every person. There was no room for localized flooding here. The Bible is abundantly clear that Noah's flood was a worldwide event. The importance of this flood is that it explains the evidence that we saw at the beginning of this discussion. It explains why there are sediment layers all over the earth. It explains why there are seashells found in the layers of mountains that aren't near the ocean. It also explains why the Ice Age came. 
This is a talk for another day, but an ice age would have been inevitable after such a global and catastrophic disaster. The climate would have changed immensely at that time. As we come to a close, I pray that you take the Bible as the literal word of God, and that you understand more fully that science actually proves the word of God as true and does not contradict it. This presentation has been put together to strengthen the faith of believers and to challenge the unbelief of others. I pray that you found this presentation helpful. Also, please note that this 10 to 15 minute presentation cannot exhaustively address most issues. My prayer is that it stimulates you to personally research further, and I am assured that you will find the Word of God proven true time and time again. Feel free to email any ideas you would like to see addressed by emailing me at crosspointwv at gmail.com. There are slides prepared for each of these presentations, which can be accessed at our church website by going to crosspointfamily.church and select a teaching. God bless and have a blessed week.